Welcome back, everybody, to the Everyday Hair Colorist. Today, I'm dialing in to LA to speak with Chad Kenyon. Chad is an LA colorist, a celebrity colorist, a global ambassador for Olaplex, works internationally and in LA. Hello, Chad. Hello, Jack. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm really pleased to get you on. I um, The first time I came across you was that I was a client of mine was working in LA and she needed someone to do her hair. And I had suggested Nancy Braun to her because I know Nancy. Yes. And Nancy wasn't available. And then my friend Min, who was on the other week, said, oh, go to Chad. So I looked at your work. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. So now I've got <laughs> clients between you and Nancy. So it's really cool how it works. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I love Min too. She's amazing. She is amazing. So t- let me t- ask you about your career. How did it all start for you? You know, I started, I always go back to childhood because I was I was that little boy, you know, in the 70s in very rural Illinois, you know, not Chicago, but cornfields. Right. That, that, you know, my mom was rolling perms in the kitchen with her girlfriends and I love the smell of the chemicals and I just had to get involved. And I, I, um, you know, I was rolling perms and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but then little by little, I got to see the, the aesthetic results of that. And it was addicting for me. And I would steal my sister's Barbie beauty salon and I would paint on her hair with um, before before balayage existed or before I knew what it was, I would um, I started I would get the little eyeshadow palette and try to paint on her hair and it wouldn't stick. So I would get my mom's lipstick and her eyeliner and and paint on Barbie's hair and you know that was a scandal, family scandal. <laughs> I love it, but that, talk about a talk about a passion developing early on. Yeah, I think it's funny because I remember they had like the little roller set that went with the hair, and I was I could never be bothered by the styling and. And that, and it's still the same today. Like I'm not a great stylist. I, I just I love color, and chemical procedures and things like that. Um, and yeah, so that kind of came innately. And um, over the years, I was, I you know, I, we were asked in school. I was ten, and they said everyone has to stand up and say what they want to be when they grow up. Which I hate that question. You know, it's just so early to know that type of thing. And yeah. You know, people suffer trying to figure out and stressing what they want to be, you know. And um, and I said I wanted to be a, a hairstylist, hair, uh, hairdresser, we said back then. And I was bullied from age 10 through graduating high school, even into college. Um, I was bullied because of that. Um, there, was a, there was a character on SNL that Eddie Murphy did. He was a, a very flamboyant um, very, it was a very offensive character. They would never allow that today. Um, um, and he was a hairstylist and he was just very, his name was Dion. And they used to scream that at me all over school. And, you know, I, I, not to get too dark, but I was very, very badly bullied because of it. And I, I changed the course of my life because of that. I didn't go into doing hair right away. I went to college, got a degree in communications, got a scholarship. Um, and I moved to Madrid to do my senior year of college there. Mm. And, um, and I stayed for 16 years and ended up, you know, I worked for the American government over there. I opened a restaurant um, and I did all of these other things. And I was always doing hair on the side. And it was always like, I was kind of in the closet about doing hair. Um, because you'd been bullied so much and you were, you'd felt shamed by it. Absolutely. And I didn't even yeah. realize I was in the closet about it. I didn't even tell my ex and partner of 10 years about it. It was always kind of like, going to friend's house and client's house and never in a salon, always kind of 
you know, kind of guerrilla warfare hair color, figuring it out as I went, so to speak. Gosh. Yeah. That's interesting, though, isn't it? That, uh, that all that awfulness, and I think that any of us that were around in the 70s and 80s, we were, quite a lot of us, if we were gay, were, were bullied. And if you oh, wanted yeah. to be a hairdresser too, it was sort of like a, God, no, why? Why would you do that? It's full of losers. When, of course, if you look at what you've done with your career, you're incredibly successful. And, but it also led you to Europe. It, communications is something that we innately do ourselves anyway as hairdressers. Absolutely. And communication is a, a huge, important thing in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So what happened? Um, well, I... What I went to Madrid. Um, it, so, so running was always kind of a part of my story, you know, running to the next thing to find safety because because I was bullied. And, you know, I don't look at it as I think bullying is a kind of a kind of a whitewashed word. It's, it was really torture. You know, it was it was yes. emotional, word, physical. The, the word is used too easily these days. I think when if you look back at it, it's definitely very dark days when that sort of stuff assaults and battery and all those kind of things. That's, that's bullying. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And so running was a part of my story. I, you know, I ran away to college, didn't find that safety there I was looking for. Um, sort of my last two years, I lived in the international house. So all the foreign students were a little more accepting than the Illinois students. You know what I mean? At that time, yeah. things have yeah. changed. Things have evolved. Thank goodness. Illinois. Yeah. Thank goodness. But, um, you know, I, and my, my, my roommate, my, my, um, my freshman, my junior and senior year was actually from, from England and he and I became very good friends and, um, and he's straight, <laughs> but he had no problem with me and, and we're still, we still talk to this day. Um, but anyway, I ended up going to Madrid and that was running again to find safety and, um, you know, and I found it there. I was very happy in, in Madrid and in many ways I feel very Spanish slash European, much, you know, um, uh, you I was speak, able to create- You speak amazing Spanish though, don't you? I mean, it's thank like- Thank you, thank you. God. I mean, yeah, I do. Um, I do have a knack for. I mean, I only speak Spanish; it's my second language. I don't have a third language yet, but I do have that knack for mimicking the mimicking capability. So I can I can imitate accents and um, kind of go in and out of that um, with relative ease, and it's it's fun for me. So, yeah. So, and that's actually helped me in my career too, speaking Spanish. Um, right. In my current career. Um, I, you know, I get to educate in, in English and Spanish. Um, you know, I've opened Olaplex in, in Mexico and, um, I do, I do videos for all the Latin American countries and I did a masterclass in Madrid a couple months ago. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, it, it's great that I, I'm able to kind of incorporate that in, into my career as a colorist. And where did color start for you then? Obviously as a child, you liked to to play and you like the feel and you got to sort of understand a little bit about it. When did you actually go and get your qualification in hair? Right. So when I, I returned to uh, Los Angeles in 2008, um, well, I moved to Los Angeles and um, I actually came here to get sober. So I, that was 2008. I went to rehab here in LA and um that was the best thing I ever did because I just, you know, I needed to totally shift gears and learn to nurture myself again, or maybe, maybe nurture myself for the first time and really take care of myself. And after I did that, I'm like, you know what? I, 
I felt for the first time in many, many decades, I felt the absence of fear. Um, and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do what I always wanted to do as a child. I'm, I'm really just gonna do hair full time as opposed to doing it kind of, you know, client here, client there, their home, my home. Like, I really wanna do this full on and incorporate all of the skills and tools that I had acquired in other careers and areas of my life and apply them to what I have always had a passion for. Um, and that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's, you know, <clears throat> the, the art of it, um, creating is my passion. Um, color is my passion. The chemical process is my passion, but also helping people and making making my clients feel more confident about themselves and kind of like sitting out on this mission um, helping them to achieve their beauty goals is like a joint, like a collaboration. Um, that's, that's huge for me. Like that's, I love that. So that's, that's what I did. I, I went to beauty school. It was me. I was, you know, I was like in my early thirties and I, with a bunch of like 18 year old girls and a couple, <laughs> a couple guys and, yeah. and I did it. And I, you know, I got a job in Beverly Hills at Christoph salon and right. very I, famous no, salon. I had, yes. Yeah. Very famous. It's still, yeah. still open and, Alive and kicking, so to speak, and I, um, I had no clients, and they gave me a chair on the floor, right out of beauty school. I just had a really great interview, and uh, Christoph is great, um, and I was assisting other people um, while I was building up my clientele. But I would literally go from shop to shop, Chanel to <laughs> to Bulgari to wherever I could, and just you know, invite women to do their hair for free. And that's how I built my, my clientele up. Yes. What an amazing opportunity, though, for somebody like Christoph to say, come in, as you can assist, I like you, you can do, you can do models here, you can build your clientele here. What a, what a beautiful environment to walk into. Yeah, that was really, and that doesn't really happen. You know, like, no. I, defi- I definitely feel fortunate that I got to do that. Um, <clears throat> and that was, I- that. Go I'm ahead. so sorry. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it was because, do you think it was because you came into it slightly older so that you were confident in your life skills and that he saw something in you that you'd already seen in yourself for your whole life, but you brought both to the table and he, he, he liked that. Do you think that's what it was? Yeah, I do think that had a lot to do with it. Um, You know, it was, it was, Christoph wasn't the man who interviewed me. My first interview it was another man, and he also happened to be sober. Right. And I think I think that connection helped. To be honest, um, I think it also helped that I had owned a business and I had I was very clearly driven yes. from a business perspective. Um, and of course, I had to prove myself. I had to do models and things like that. Um, and you know, I also mentioned in the interview that I was, I didn't want to just sit there and I would never sit in my chair to this day. That bothers me. <laughs> that really bugs the hell out of me. I, I can't stand that. that. I'm like, why would yeah. you sit in the chair where your client's going to be? But anyway, yeah. um, and I said, I, I will constantly be helping other people just to learn. And I got to learn from some great, great balayage artists, um, yes. you know, you know, Rich who, um, Rich and Adriana, they're both at, at Mesh. Salon in Los Angeles. They're, right. they're amazing. Adriana, back in the day at Frederick Frakai, um, assisted Rich. Um, and I really got to learn balayage full on from them. And the, and then, the funny thing about that story is that's where it sort of 
connects with my story in the sense that Frederick Fakai, of course, were the people that brought balayage big time to the American audience. And from that name, so many people came out of and learned from. And it was, a, it was for me, it's a part of true hairdressing colour history. Nancy too, right? Yeah, Nancy too. Nancy taught yep. me. Yeah, amazing. Yep. Wow, how, what a wonderful... What a wonderful journey. I'm sure it wasn't all that simple, but what a wonderful journey. Now, when you're in L.A., what does... And I like to ask this because an English audience is very different to an American audience and how we work. And I know that if you've worked in those kind of salons and where you work now, it's a very different day to an English day. How does a day look for you when you walk into the salon? So my salon, I'm at Ramirez Tran Salon. Yes. And I do believe it is a a very Los Angeles experience. Um, a very, well, I guess you should say a very Beverly Hills, West Hollywood salon experience. Right. Do you want to talk about that for us? It yeah. sounds fun. Well, yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. And it's, it's um, you know, it's that type of, of energy is a great um, match for me. You know, Johnny and Ann are both very, you know, they're very supportive of um, the fact that I travel around, that I have clients in New York and Miami and Panama and Mexico. And, you know, um, they actually, that was one of the reasons that they talked to me to begin with. And um, they like that, you know, almost everyone in that, so you, you walk into the salon and you automatically see people outside the salon taking photos of their clients with their assistants and the, you know, different backgrounds they have for them, um, different reflectors, things like that. You get inside and it's, it's hustling and bustling. Um, and um, everyone is documenting their work. There are oftentimes lines at the shampoo bowls. We have eight shampoo bowls and uh, there's still lines um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we're a color heavy salon, so right. there are definitely more colors than stylists. And I love that. You know what I mean? I love getting to talk to my, my friends, my colleagues about their, what they're doing. So before I've even gotten to my station, I'm already seeing what everyone else is doing. Right. Um, I have my, my assistants greet me at the car cause I have different bags and everything to carry in every day. Um, I travel heavy <laughs> um, and, um, you know, my camera, my all, all these other things. And I get to my stations and um, my clients are already waiting. Uh, if they're new clients, I'm doing before photos of them. Um, even if they're returning clients, I usually do before photos as well. So they're kind of lined up to get their photos ready. Um, and then and then we start the consultations and and take off. And how many clients, how many assistants do you have, Chad? I always have two full-time assistants, and yeah. then I'll bring on extras according to the day. Um, if I'm in L.A., if I'm traveling, kind of, you know, if I'm doing, an, you know, a live video or a takeover for someone, I'll have more, yeah. more assistants. And so what about you? Me, well, England's different. Our setup is slightly different. So I work out of a salon, and we have assistants there all the time for us, but nobody has their own assigned one unless you... Um, bring your own on and I'm sort of in and out and so I just can't really do that and yeah. it's a different setup I think I've talked about this on the podcast before my American experience was that American women 
even if it was luxury, they're very happy for it to be a quick bite. They're in and out and they've got other things to do. And all these things are seen as maintenance, hair colour, nails, all of that. Whereas in the luxe market in the UK, it's slightly different. And there wants to be this feeling of unhurried and enjoy that moment. It's slightly different. What does unhurried look, just out of curiosity, what does unhurried look like? Like how many hours? <laughs> uh, uh, unhurried is a full day still for you. So I, I start yeah. work at 10. That's how, and then... that's how it is with my clients too. Like yeah. I take, I definitely take my time. And if I, you know, they know that if, if they're in a hurry, we're rescheduling or I'm not doing it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I know I spoke to Arn and, he, you know, he can do up to 30 clients a day. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't know how Yeah, yeah. He's, do that. he's amazing. He has a very well-oiled machine. He's, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But the power of assistance, I think, to help you. Yeah. Um, we often talk on this podcast about how you manage a client's expectation. And I think that in this day of Instagram, which we're talking quite heavily about because it's so important, how do you... How do you start off that consultation and how do you manage your client? Would you be willing to share that? Yes, I start off the consultation asking my client about, I get a complete hair history from them. Yeah. And I dig deep and I really push because I've had people forget or, you know, not realize they used henna or, you know, things like this over the years. Yeah. Um, So I really go through, um, you know, depending on the length of their hair, that much corresponding time um, about their hair history. And uh, so I start with that. And then I ask them what they're looking for color-wise. I always like my clients to have a haircut before I balayage. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more than that. Yeah, I get very... um, <laughs> I get very let's let's say I don't want to say upset, but um, bothered when when the front desk doesn't book the haircut first; they book it after. Because why would I want my balayage cut off? I mean, especially if you've got one of those hairdressers that cuts into all the hair at the bottom and takes all the waste of the color out, and that they don't understand the relation between color and a haircut. It's right, yeah, and, and and the people that I work with do understand, but still, it's not the same. Like as 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 you know, painting on a fresh canvas. It's yeah. So yeah. So I um, I talk to them about their hair, their beauty goals, short term and long term. Um, I talk to them about their lifestyle, um, if they have children, what their work is, what their day looks like, just like we're doing. Um, um, if they, uh, I find out if they put their hair up, if they wear it back, um, what what kind of like hair tie they use. Because I find the clients get a lot of breakage if they're not using the right kind of hair tie for the density or texture of their hair. Um, and then, you know, we look at all these all these different goals. We make sure that because oftentimes they're pointing to three or four different photos on my Instagram that aren't necessarily the same color. Yes. Um, or they're pointing to the flash or like a, a gleam of sun that was coming through or something like that. So we get we kind of fine tune it, get down to the look, and then I have them sign um, a client consent form, saying that they are fine, um, they're okay with the price, with how long it could take, that it, it's um, it could take an unexpected journey, um, maybe one, two, three visits, you never know, um, 
that they will not be malicious on social media, all of those types of things. And it's all in my waiver and every client signs it. That is fascinating because I've never heard that before. Now, we all think struggle sometimes with managing the client's expectation because of course they want from this to that in one minute and the canvas isn't always ready for that. Right. And also the time slot isn't ready for that. You know, you can't get up to a level 22 in one sitting necessarily. Yeah. Um, And that's if they want to be a level 22. I have a problem with that too. Uh, But I've never heard this waiver thing. And I think that's obviously it's legally binding in the USA, in California, and it works for you. But it's really nice that you're pointing out the fact that even you uh, would somehow struggle if you didn't have that with people being malicious on social, with being unreasonable about the results, about wanting something that is not attainable straight away. Yeah, and it's something that I have, even this year I've changed it and and made it a little, kind of added to it and amended it. Um, It's ever evolving because I find new little issues that I could have with clients or, um, like I, I had a client fly in from Israel and she was working here and she wanted me to do her color. It was a new client and she was referred by, um, uh, <laughs> a very, someone in the fashion industry in New York. Right. Um, who, you know, who I work with and who I respect. And this client showed up and we did the consultation and I showed her the, my assistant showed her the waiver to sign and she just went ballistic. She was, this is ridiculous. Uh, what do you mean I'm not going to get it in one session? And she wouldn't sign it. And I'm like, she just did me a huge favor. And I said, yes. okay, well then, well then you'll have to find, I can, re- I can, you know, I'll be happy to refer you to one of my colleagues that may, may be willing to do it. I'm just not willing to do it without you signing this. So this is, this is the problem that we, I think that every colorist behind a chair faces these days with this unrealistic thought process of how it's going to happen and the suddenly like why is it so expensive why is it going to be all of that so I kind of wrapped that up into my no new client can see me without a consult but I um you know you even when you talk about it and you're like they sometimes just can't quite see the vision and that's when I feel like I like I can recommend you to a colleague I don't want to do that and the the power of being able to say no I think for a colorist is really important Yes, I totally agree with you there. I, um, it's funny. I, <laughs> I had not been, even though I knew that it's good to say no, I had had some problems with that in the past. And Negan Zan, I don't know if you know <clears throat> Negan, she's an amazing balayage artist at Benjamin Salon. Um, and I talked with her years ago and she's like, she convinced me to just start saying no to some of these people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, just recently, I had a client come in and she, I think she was from Jordan. She had really, really dark hair. Level I mean, two. Yes, exactly. And and very rarely do you really see a real level two, I feel like. You know what I mean? Um, or at least in L.A. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I see a lot of threes, fours, fives, but twos and ones, like not really so much. And she... A friend of mine, a client of mine had referred her who also has really dark hair, but it's a little bit lighter, a little bit softer. And I could just tell that this new prospective new client wasn't going to lift as easily as, as the one that had referred her. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, I really think you need foils. I, said, I just don't think balayage is for you. And I don't rarely say that because I can usually pull, you know, pull it off. Um, but I, so I went and got my friend Ashley Dawn, who does beautiful blondes, foils, and referred her to her. And now they have a great relationship. So it's, you know, paying it forward to our friends and, and colleagues is, it, it's, it feels good. I think it does feel good. I think that, you know, there are a couple of things in that, are there? One, a level two never wants to be a warm blonde. They always want to be a cool blonde. Yeah. And yeah, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And nobody seems to understand about undercoats, that all undercoats are warm. And, um, and that I think as an industry, we're frightened to say no. We're frightened that we'll lose the money. We're frightened that we'll lose clients because we say no. When the reality is, it's actually a really powerful and self-empowering word to say. Uh, yes, I absolutely agree. And I think in what, what used to be, in my case, the reason I wouldn't say no, it was ego. Because I'm oh. like, oh, I have to be able to do this as a colorist. Yeah. If I'm, and I didn't realize it. Now in hindsight, I see it. It's like, I'm not good. Like I'm not, my, my self-worth is not in check. If I, if I don't pull this off. Yes. And then I wouldn't pull it off and I'd feel doubly bad for not saying no and for not pulling it off. Well, that's when your top lip starts sweating and then you go home and all you can think about it, it's in your head and it's going round and around and around. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's the worst feeling ever. The worst feeling. So one of the other things that I thought was interesting about this conversation is that of course, we get known for one thing. And the way to do well on Instagram is to, as, as Mary from Behind the Chair always says, follow your path, don't stray from it. So I always talk about balayage and found that that did well for me on my social. So of course, people come to you wanting balayage, but sometimes that's not the right thing for them. Right. And then you have to say no. And it's taken me, I mean, I've been hairdressing for a long time. It's taken me decades to feel comfortable about saying no. Yeah. I, um, like I said, we're talking with Negan Zan years ago, I had that, that aha moment when I realized like, there are just some people that you cannot make happy. Um, yes. and even if they say verbally that, and even if they sign the waiver and saying that they understand that there could be warmer tones, that it could take an unexpected journey to get there, to get to the desired, um, you know, hair color, target, shade of lightness. Uh, it doesn't mean they're always going to really do that. Um, no, of course not. I mean, it, it's unpredictable in itself, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, when they say that they're okay with getting, you know, golden or warmer tones the first couple of times, that, like, we have to trust our own instinct. We know if, if <laughs> we know if they're really going to be okay with that or not. You know? Yeah, that's that. There's the connection with the person, isn't there? When you're at the chair with them, and you can feel the vibe. And if the vibe doesn't feel good to me, then I, at this point in my career, I feel able to say no. But if it was a younger version of me, I, don't, I would have struggled with that. It's a hard one, I think. But a yeah. great lesson to learn, I think. And it's not about I, that you can't do it. It's just about that it's going to take you some time, or that it's not really what you want to do. Right. Well, that's why I think it's important for younger, you know, kind of budding colorists to do as many models as possible so that they can have those experiences of, of, 
you know, successful experiences and horrific experiences with models mm. where they, you know, not horrific, but, you know, where they, they don't succeed um, in pleasing the, the model and, and they get to learn that those people skills then. Yes. The lesson is always in the one that doesn't like it, not in the one that likes it. Exactly. I always think. Yes. Anyway, with everything, not just hair. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. Let's talk about colour melt. Yes. Let's talk about colour melt. Because I'm like, oh, colour melt, TM. Tell me all about <laughs> it. Somebody at work always takes the mickey out of me, which te- basically pulls my leg, you know, messes with me, and always shouts, balayage by Jack Howard, TM. And I always giggle. Um, and they're having nice fun with me. So what's, what's colour melt? So uh, colour melt is, it's funny because <clears throat> I, I started that, like, I think it was like, Right, right after Kristoff, or right at Kristoff. Right. And um, it was early on, and I started calling my work Color Melt, and I wanted to create something where you could, where there was depth, where there was pops of light, and it all kind of was marbled together. Um, right. And you didn't necessarily, I didn't want it to be like an ombre. Um, no. I didn't want it to be a sombre. I didn't want it to be full-on old-school California blonde. You know, Playboy Bunny Blonde. I definitely didn't want that. Um, although, if it's editorial, that can look good too. Absolutely, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So I, I just started creating different different looks, and I started playing around with how I how I created the depth. So what I do is I do my full head of highlights. I do a lot of strobing around the face frame. And then I do the shadow root and I do uh, micro low lights with the shadow root formula, um, kind of perfectly imperfect. And I let that set and then I rinse it and then I do the global gloss on top of that. And it's, it's kind of like the way that I apply it um, that makes it all look sort of marbled together and, um, and gives those, those pops of light, but that don't look really obvious or stripey. I love it. It sounds really fresh and modern. Thank you. One of the things I love about the way in which you're talking, of course, is you talk in a language that is consumer-led, not hairdressing-led. And the words that you used in this conversation, you know, a bit of strobing, this, that and the other, they're all very consumer-friendly. And I've found that my American friends are really, really good at that. Yes. That kind of speaking to the consumer, it serves you really well. Yeah. Good at selling it. (laughs) I think yeah. I think it's part of it is is selling it and knowing um and that definitely comes from like my my background in like you know PR and marketing and um communications and also growing up in it's funny a lot of times I I grew up in the restaurant business my parents just closed their restaurant after like 40 years and my grandparents owned restaurants and I always worked since I was little I was working in a restaurant taking clients taking customers to their table checking them out, upselling, um, you know, recommending new things on the menu. Like I was, I was, it's just part of my DNA. Right. And then I owned a restaurant in Spain. And um, it's, I always say that the salon business and the restaurant business, it's the same business model. It's just a different product. You're, you greet, you greet the client at the door. You take them to the table station. You give them the menu. You decide on what they're going to eat what their hair color is going to be. You upsell, you, you know, from a business perspective. 
Um, you make it sound as, be- <clears throat> as as delicious as possible to them, or as beautiful as possible. It's very and similar. It's exciting. And making it experiential, I think, is so important, isn't Ab- it? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that's why I, and I really genuinely want, and not, not to sound corny and not just, not for marketing. I genuinely want to please my clients. Like I genuinely want to make them happy. Like I get a rush out of that. So, um, and I get really into my work. Like I always say I'm the biggest hair color, like nerd geek in the world. And, um, and so that's, I think why all those words and all the different flavors of hair color that I I put on Instagram. That's that's why I do it because I really, really, genuinely love that. Um, I think I think there's nothing nicer in this industry than seeing a woman look in the mirror and smile and genuinely feel happy, and you feel that you've touched that person in a, a way in which most people can't. Do you know what I mean? It's it's quite a personal experience as well. Yeah, no, it is, and I even get those cases when a client looks in the mirror and they start they you know, do you see, they start tearing up tears of joy. Yeah. And yeah. that's like, you know, it doesn't get better than that. It really, you no. know. No, it really doesn't. Arn talked about that as well. And he was talking about the fact that it doesn't matter how much money you make or whatever, because you'll always be chasing more money. You need to enjoy and love what you're doing, which I think is very true too. Want to move on, and I want to talk, ask you about your role as an ambassador for Olaplex. How did that start? That started um, about f- like five years ago, five plus years now, and I I was at Benjamin Salon then, um, which is a great salon, and um, th- Benjamin is actually from England as well. I don't know if you, if you know Benjamin, he's amazing. He's a good friend. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, his work is amazing. You should check out the salon. It's really cool. And um, so I was I was there and I received a little package and it had some little tubes and bottles and with little kind of like handmade paper logos written on, taped on and it said Olaplex and um, there were some instructions and I... At that at that point, nobody had ever heard of bond building. You know what I mean? No, I mean it was the, it was the groundbreaker, wasn't it? It was a huge groundbreaker, and I I didn't know what it was, and it was sitting there for maybe two three weeks, and I didn't use it. You know, I you know was curious about it, but also we all get a little set in our ways, and why try something new, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it had been what like almost a century since something new like that had been introduced, right? Um, well, I think it would have been hard to understand what it was then, really. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of yeah. And so I, um, but I had a, a vague idea of what it was and I had a new um, client on my books and she showed up and her hair was, it was like Cher, like Cher in the 70s, long black hair down past her, you know, down to her, you know, lower back. And it was, she had been doing black box dye for years and always a different brand, whatever one she could find, overlapping. Whatever was on sale. Whatever was, <laughs> like, yeah, she never held her ends up. I mean, this was like a very posh Beverly Hills girl. I don't know why she was doing that. But um, she was, uh, she, yeah, so that was, it, it was just. I know her- why she was doing that though. She was doing that because she probably felt that when she went to her salon, they just slapped one bowl of tint on her hair, that it was the same equation as going and getting a box and she might as well do it herself. Yeah, yeah, probably. 
And and she didn't realize the importance of holding the the mids and ends up when you're rinsing at the shampoo bowl, which is a huge, huge rule of mine. Like it's a huge was, rule of mine as well. I was telling my, my assistants, if you can't drink the water in the basin, don't drop the hair. Like, Yeah, I think it's so important. People don't realize that that color runs through and it ruins everything. It does. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, big fan of that type. Um, so, yeah, so I took her to the shampoo bowl after the consultation and... I said I was going to give her a treatment. We we're going to see what we could do. wasn't promising anything. And um, well, anyway, her hair had been it caught on fire at a birthday party. Oh, my goodness. And so it wasn't the birthday cake candles, but it was other candles. And someone threw a cocktail on her hair to put it out. And the alcohol worse. Yes. So it was melted. It was like melted, singed, hard smoke damage, like from the bottom up. You know, it was just this progression. And... Um, so I'm like, well, I can't promise anything. Let's let's see what this does, right? And I took her to the shampoo bowl. I poured Old Pugs number one all over her hair. I didn't even mix it with water because I didn't know about that at the time. And um, left her there for like an hour, I think, and was doing other clients. And I went back and checked on it. And I saw like a, a noticeable change in her hair after that. And I'm like, well, we're just going to keep doing it. And so I had them shampoo condition, do it again. We did it three or four times, and then I we had to cut, you know, like this much um, of the really, really burnt stuff. And her hair was at a point where I could where I could do a balayage, and I did um, like a caramelly balayage on her, and it was it was it was beautiful. She's still my client, so that was my aha moment with Olaplex. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's um, led you all around the world, though, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. And well, so after I did that, I reported back to the owners at the time, uh, the creators, Dean and Darcy Crystal. And I told them that it was a success, that I loved it. And I asked, um, I, I asked them, I said, how can I be, how can I be a part of this? Because I know this is going to, this is going to be a big product. And it was, nobody knew what it was. It was just, they just gotten an Instagram and everything. And he's like, we're going to shoot some videos this Sunday. Um, and I would like you to be a part of it. So I shot the original videos for the Olaplex app with them. And then that was it. And it just it took off. And, and I've, yeah, I've gotten to travel all over the world. And I just got off the phone earlier with, with Olaplex setting up some new lives that we're going to do and possible travel dates after, after all of this is over. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel very fortunate to be a part of the team. Brilliant. I mean, that's that's a great story, though, isn't it? Because it wasn't like you'd read about it or seen it. It was it was pure. It was natural, and you just used it, and there you go. And it's led you onto another amazing journey. Yeah, yeah, it has. And um, you know, I've 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 it's given me an opportunity to be educated in a new light as well. Sort of the, the business aspect um, of selling something globally with different distributors in different countries. And, you know, that's all been a really cool education for me as well. So I love, and I love that part of the business. I think it's great that after a long time in the industry, that there's still opportunities for us to grow as individuals and grow our business and all those things. It's an ever changing. So for all those people that said to us that, Oh God, why would you want to do that? Don't do that. And they're probably in their same little job now. It's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, which is which is great. Some people love that security. They love the the routine, and they yeah. they really flourish in that. Um, you and I, 
don't. <laughs> I don't no. think, right? Like, I, like no. we, we like, like, you know, novelty and, you know, things refreshing our, our perspective and, yeah. I like the fact, I like having different things going on. So I like, I like working behind the chair. I love it. I think it keeps me really motivated and authentic, but I like teaching classrooms. I like a little bit of stage work. I'm enjoying interviewing people. I just think it's amazing industry. Absolutely amazing. Mm, yeah. Let's talk about Instagram and your Instagram account. How do you feel about Instagram? First of all, do you love it or hate it? It's so funny you're asking that question because I just got a survey this morning from Instagram asking like the exact same question. Like, ah. yeah, we're reaching out to a small pool, blah, blah, blah. Will you please answer this? And I always like, I'm always like, should I answer this or not? Is it a scam? But it was, it was on the Instagram app. So um, <laughs> it was real. I, I love Instagram um, for work. I sometimes wish I could take two weeks away from it, but I feel like I can't. You know, I've tried that like two summers ago in Italy. I'm like, we're not going to do any social. It, you, I really didn't do it. I feel like I need to be ever present on Instagram. But yeah. I will say I would not have the career that I have if it weren't for Instagram, um, which happened, you know, some just shortly after I was at Kristoff back in the day. And um, it's been an, an integral part of my my career as a hair colorist. You know? Yeah. Well, it's I always say it's a it's free. It's a great window into your world, whatever you want to show that world to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, a lot of a lot of your pictures, you have you have obviously your celebs in your in the press pics, which are all very glossy, and then you've got your girls that you're shooting in the outside the salon because you're in LA and you've got fantastic lighting, and everyone hates LA for that <laughs> um, because yeah. the rest of us are struggling with ring lights and things, right? Um, it's it's a really nice mix on there. It's it's all about color. It's very colorful. What's what do what do you like about your page? I love watching you paint, but of course that's I'm a painter. I love those bits, and I'm like, oh, and well, sitting down you there, actually man. Oh. inspire me to do to put more of those on my wall because I love look. I look at your wall and I see all the the painting and the the balayage. You know, like I I need to do I need to do more of that. Um, I, I mean, I love like lots of, lots of kind of glossiness. Yes. You know, I like shine. Um, I like, I like showing my clients hair, but I like their face in it too. Ever, you know, I think the posts that just have the hair, like a profile with no face, right? Just hair. They tend to do well, but I, it's hard for me to post those. Like I really like showing my client's face. I think that it, it's the same as the back of the head or that side view where you don't get to see any of the face. It's just, it isn't me. Yeah, um, same thing. And they do, they do do really well for people, but it's just not my thing. It's not what I want to show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit whatever, really. The other thing that's really interesting about your page with you being in LA, of course, everyone thinks it's going to be platinum blonde Barbie hair. Right. And I think LA, and I think LA's moved on from that anyway. It has. Um, but there's lots of warmth in there. There's lots, there is sun kiss, there are pops of light, but there's a real array of blondes in there. Really beautiful. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I look at that and I, I, I try to do, like, obviously I have more blondes um, than, 
anything else, but I have a lot of brunettes and redheads too. So I try yes. to mix them in. Um, you know, I, I try never to post like more than three blondes in a row, you know? And I do look at my wall, even though every time I post, I look at my wall to see like what I need to post. And I always have like a catalog of things that I could, you know, post. Um, but I know like, you know, my husband went to, he's a makeup artist, um, and he went to this um, kind of like the biggest influencers were at the Instagram office here in Los Angeles. And they did like a kind of like a VIP like right. tips and tutorial. And they were saying like, don't pay attention to what your wall looks like. Just post, post, post. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, don't just post. It doesn't matter what your wall looks like. But um, I don't, he, <laughs> I, like, I don't follow that, inf- that tip. I definitely look at my wall each time. I feel like depending on the career, people do look at your wall. I think my like prospective new clients are going to look at the cuteness of my wall. Yes, yeah, see, I worry about my wall. And given the moment we're in at the moment, I'm doing, I've got more doll heads on my page at the moment than I do. And I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to fit in the doll head with the image of the right woman and um, of course, you know, it's a learning curve for us all, but it's interesting. Yes. What advice? There are your girls. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> my new doll head is, her name is Katya. She looks very Russian and you'll be seeing more of her soon. I'll be <laughs> I think that, that does segue us very much so into of the moment, what we're all doing, because of course we are an industry that's been devastated by Corona, of course. I yes. mean... You know, what it doesn't have to be massive, but what one positive thing are you trying to learn from this? From this whole experience, I think, and I, I think that the one good thing that's come from it is that as hair professionals and beauty professionals, it's given us an opportunity to connect with one another. Um, yes. You know, usually we're, we're in the salon we're you know, we're sometimes barely connecting to the person in the station next to us. Um, or the person in the color room next to us. And this is, you know, I've, I've had time to answer more DMS on Instagram from colorists all over the world. Um, I'm doing more lives on Instagram, um, more, more lives for Olaplex on their, on their Instagram and, um, answering, you know, Q and A in, in, in real time. And, um, I, I think that's, that's the, the only good thing to, to come from is that I've had like more downtime to uh to kind of get in touch with you know with our our friend our friends our colleagues yes i've had much more time to talk to my colleagues especially my friends in the states i've had more time to podcast and talk to people i mean before this happened of course i tried to get hold of you and it was milan and it was somewhere else and it was like oh my god yeah yeah i mean it was all over the place but yeah i think the lesson is really the connections isn't it because as hairdressers we connect all day with the people in our chairs, but sometimes we forget to connect with the bigger community. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's why I also love doing, you know, like when Hairbrain does their shows here in LA or I teach my master classes, and, um, you know, whenever I'm at a show like that, like I, um, I really enjoy, like I don't just do the show and then go back to my hotel room. I actually get a chance to mingle with people and, you know, yes. talk to people. I love and, that bit. Yeah. I do too. I love that bit. Yeah. I do too. So this is kind of like a, an incubator version of that, just not as glamorous, just from home. <laughs> yes, 
You're in LA. I say that's glamorous. <laughs> it's not particularly glamorous right now, but yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Chad. Now, if you want to follow Chad, it's Chad Kenyon. It's C-H-A-D-K-E-N-Y-O-N. Lots of fun to follow. Great work and lovely chats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank talk you. to you soon. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favorite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor.com. Thank you.